Welcome to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, here on WCF Radio. Today we're going to answer an important question. What is a Christian's hope? In other words, where do we find our hope? Do we have hope? It's a dark world right now, but there's a lot of hope. We're going to talk about that right now. Let's go. All right, everybody, Pastor Todd here. We're talking about what is a Christian's hope? Most people understand hope as wishful thinking, as in, I hope something will happen. I really want that to happen. That's not what the Bible's talking about when the Bible talks about hope. The biblical definition of hope is confident expectation. We're very confident that something is going to happen. We're expectant. We're confident in it. Hope is a firm assurance, not an insurance, an assurance regarding things that are unclear and unknown. We can find a biblical definition for this in Romans 8, 24 through 25, and in Hebrews 11, 1, also Hebrews 11, 7. Hope is a fundamental component in the life of the righteous. Are you saved? Are you, are you somebody that follows Jesus? Are you a Christian? Well, if you're not, I'm not condemning you, but I will tell you it's the only way to go to heaven. There's only one way to go to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. So if you haven't made that decision, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that later on. But this firm assurance of hope, which is literally things that are unclear and unknown, and it's a fundamental component of the life of the righteous man or woman, without it, our life loses meaning. And I think this is what's happening to a lot of people. A lot of people right now are looking at what's going on in the world, and they're losing hope. I hear, I hear it every day. People reach out to me and they say, Pastor Todd, I'm so beat down. I'm so tired. I'm so weary. Even though the Bible says do not grow weary in doing good, we often find ourselves weary. Can I just be real? I've found myself weary. And so that's why I'm talking about this because I know that if I find myself in that position sometimes, you're going through it too. Many of you are. Maybe not all of you, but many of you. So we've got to remember without hope, our life literally loses its meaning. And, and, and in death, there is no hope because what is the whole purpose of everything, right? Have you ever heard somebody say, what is the reason for all this? And so the righteous who trust or put their hope in God will be helped. And that's what I'm going to believe is going to happen today. Even in this short broadcast, I believe that we're going to find that help. We're going to find that rest. And we're, we're not going to be uh, confounded, put to shame or disappointed. Okay, that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to lose all focus. The righteous who have this trustful hope in God have a general confidence in God's protection, his help, and are free from fear and anxiety. Yes. Can we be free from fear and anxiety? We absolutely can in Jesus Christ. You know, the New Testament idea of hope is the recognition that in Christ is found the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. Christ came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And Christian hope, as a believer in Jesus Christ, our hope is rooted in faith and in the divine salvation that we find in Jesus Christ. That's Galatians 5.5. Hope of Christians is brought into being through the presence of the promised Holy Spirit. That's why it's hard for me to understand how some Christians say they're not filled with the Spirit. Well, doesn't the Bible say the minute you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're filled with the Spirit? So that's the first problem. If you're not filled with the Spirit, of course you're going to be hopeless. 
It's the spirit that gives us the unction. It's the spirit that gives us the strength that we need, the endurance. That when the, when the, when the trials of life hit us, we're not going to lose. We're not going to lose focus. We're not going to give up. Satan wants us to give up. That's why he often hits us with a barrage because he wants us to give up. But our, our hope is rooted in faith and in divine salvation in Christ. That is huge. It is the future hope of the resurrection of the dead. It's the promises given to Israel in Acts 26, 6 through 7. It's the redemption of the body and of the whole creation. We're going to be redeemed. We've been redeemed, but wait until we serve in our glorified bodies. The eternal glory found in Colossians 1, 27. Eternal life and the inheritance of the saints. Titus 3, 5 through 7. The return of Jesus Christ. Titus 2, 11 through 14 transformation in the likeness of Christ. 1 John 3, 2 through 3. The salvation of God. Thank God for the salvation of God. Or Christ himself. In Christ himself, our firm foundation, we find rest and peace and hope. The certainty of this blessed future is guaranteed through the indwelling of the Spirit. Christ in us and the resurrection of Christ Hope is produced by endurance through suffering and is the inspiration behind endurance. Those who hope in Christ will see Christ exalted in life and death. Trustworthy promises from God give us hope and we may boast in this hope and exhibit great boldness in our faith. But by contrast, those who do not place their trust in God are said to be without hope. They are without hope. See, the distinction right now in this hour is the saint, the believer, that has the faith to trust in God. Not to lean on our understanding, not to let the things of this world hit us in such a way that we're so down, we're so beat down, discouraged, we can't even get out of our house. I know so many Christians right now, I'm just going to be real, and this may be you, that are so depressed they can't even get out of their house. You feel defeated. You're looking at your life, you're like, this is not what I expected. Everything stinks for lack of a better term. Look, I get it, okay? I've really had some hard times in my life. I really have, okay? I promise you, I, I understand what pain is and suffering is. I, my life has not been easy. I don't, I don't want to sit here and, like, you know, poor me. I know many of you understand. I had a father that was very abusive. Uh, you know, I was beat as a child from him. You know, later on, we were able to reconcile because I forgave him, and he got a little bit better. But honestly, he was mean all throughout my life, and he was very hard on my mom. It's just something that I had to deal with. It was, it was a secret thing in our family. I couldn't really share it. I only recently had began to even tell people some of these things. I had a brother that was special needs. He was born normal, and at three and a half years old, he had croup and pneumonia. He lost oxygen in the brain, which caused him to be special needs. He operates as like a four-year-old, even today, even though he's in his 40s. Look, all of us have stories like this. I mean, many of you know, I got stabbed nine times, one in the heart. <laughs> Look, I mean, I'm not trying to say poor me, but yeah, some things have happened over the years. Have they happened to you? Sure. Many of you have had worse things happen. See, that's the thing. It's like I talk about the prodigals and the misfits because everybody's been trying for years to pretend like their life is so great. In reality, we haven't dealt with the real issues. We haven't dealt with the things that you've actually had to walk through. Maybe you were molested. Maybe you had multiple abortions. Maybe you've had multiple marriages. And people have made you feel like you're so dirty. 
And so you lose hope. But this is the whole reason why we're in Christ. He didn't come for the people without sin. He came for the sinner. He came to give us a hope that wasn't able to be found in the world, in the flesh. Listen, you're talking to a guy that was in Hollywood. I hobnobbed with some of the biggest celebrities in the world. I went to private parties and VIP parties and, you know, parties that like, you know, secret locations and mansions and hills. I'm telling you, I've lived that lifestyle. And some of these people had more money than you even know what to do with. I mean, so much money that they would fly all around, you know, private jets and, you know, mansions, Barbados. And, you know, I'm talking like, you know, exotic vacations, Aruba, you know, you name it. St. Bart's. I mean, they were all over the place, all over the French Riviera. I mean, just, you know, these are rich, rich people. And yet they'd be the most miserable people ever because they ascertained everything in this world that is, is deemed successful, but yet they hadn't experienced the hope of glory, which is the true hope. Successful business people. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They, they're the top of the chain when it comes to the company. They're literally up there. And, and they're set up for, you know, I mean, in this world to be the most successful people. They're, the magazines are writing stories about them. You know, people are writing books about them. They're interviewing them, but they're miserable. Why? Because there's only one thing in this world that actually fills that void, and it's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. And you can't fake the Holy Spirit. You can't. But sometimes even the best person, maybe you are a good person, you're a great person, and you love the Lord, and you do everything you can, but even you sometimes get full of despair. It's a human condition. We're in a world that is fallen, that is broken, and we're being bombarded every single day, left and right, by all these messages and images and all these different things that are set to make us feel exactly like that, hopeless. You compare yourself to the model on the screen. You compare yourself to the people on social media. You compare yourself to your high school friends that seem to be having such a better life than you, and here you are trying to serve Christ, and you've got bills that aren't paid, and you've got credit problems, and you've got all kinds of issues, and you're like, where's God? Well, I'm here to tell you that God is here. He's here, but he wants us to change our perspective. He wants us to reach out to him and to grab the peace and the joy that's available in him. The New Testament idea of hope is the recognition that Christ is found for the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. That means we're in a new covenant. Christian hope is rooted in faith in the divine salvation of Christ. The first thing that we have to understand as a Christian is that we are saved. We are, our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ for all eternity. We're going to walk the streets of gold. We're not going to go to hell. That is a pretty big deal. In fact, it's the biggest deal of your life. It's the biggest deal of your afterlife, where you're going to spend eternity. Yet a lot of people don't even talk about it. We can find hope and rest and peace and joy just in knowing that we're going to rule and reign with Christ, that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's, it's also brought into being through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, if we're not spending time in the presence of God, of course we're not going to have a lot of hope. Well, a lot of churches don't teach how to spend time in the presence. We've got to have a prayer life. We've got to have a time where we get into the word, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesday nights and midweek service or whenever it is that you go to church. I'm talking all the time. Every day, we've got to fill ourselves up. We've got to die to our flesh daily. We've got to call upon the name of the Lord. Give me the strength today, Lord. Give me your peace. Give me your wisdom, God. Give me an unction of your spirit. Let me feel the joy. 
Let me feel the peace, Lord God. Let me find rest in you. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom and discernment and fulfills our heart. He's wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. These aren't just sayings that just sound nice. If we actually press into this and grab a hold of it, it's so much more than that. Hope for Christians isn't found in the news headlines. It isn't found in who's president of the United States. Although we can be joyful if somebody that we like actually wins, if it's allowed. But what I'm saying is it's so much more. Our hope is found in Jesus Christ. Our hope is found in the resurrection of the dead. Acts 23, 6. The promise is given to Israel. Acts 26, 7. Uh, I'll say these again. The redemption of the body into the whole creation. Eternal glory, eternal life. The inheritance of the saints. The return of Christ. Transformation in the likeness of Christ. The salvation of God. Thank God for that. And Christ himself. The certainty of the blessed future is guaranteed through the indwelling of the Spirit and the resurrection of Christ. Hope is produced by endurance through suffering and it's the inspiration behind the endurance. Those who hope in Christ will see Christ exalted in life and death. Trustworthy promises from God give us hope. We exhibit boldness for our faith because we know this is the right thing to do to stand. Along with faith, And love, hope is enduring, virtue. It's an enduring virtue of the Christian life. And love springs from hope. Love. Have you ever felt the power of love? Have you ever loved someone so much? I I know that feeling because that's how I feel about my family. When I look at my daughter, that love, it's so incredible. There's so much there. And yet that's not even a smidgen of what God has for us. And then when we are able to understand the love that he has, the mercy, the grace that he's given us, he's such a good father. Do you have anybody in your life, maybe not your actual father, but somebody that you know that's a good person, that's been so kind to you and shown you a love that is unlike almost any love that you've seen? There's a pastor that I know that's like that. He's shown me a fatherly love. And what I didn't have from my father I have from him in some aspects, and God has brought other people along the years. You know, my grandfather loved me very much. He's with the Lord now, but he was a good father to me. I mean, he taught me how to swim. He taught me how to ride my bike. He taught me how to be a man. I didn't get that from my dad, and I'm not here to badmouth my dad. I'm just telling you the reality of my situation. So oftentimes where there's a void in one area, God will give us extra in another. He'll send somebody along the way that'll teach us, that'll show us what godly love looks like. And love is powerful. We've got to get healing from our brokenness. We've got to close those doors. We've got to get rid of the excess baggage because these things all impede us from having the hope. When we hold on to our past, when we hold on to things that are of our past, when we hold on to things that people have said about us, when we, when we try to make something happen but we know it's not God, these things rob us of, from the actual hope that is available when we wait on the Lord, when we spend time with the Lord, when we have communion with the Lord, when we spend time in the secret place. That is a hope that is incomparable. It's a hope that's available to you today. Somebody needs to hear this on this broadcast. You've been feeling down. You're listening to the headlines. You're you're trying to find your hope in other people. There's different things that you put your identity in, but you just know that you are miserable. Maybe you're not telling others, but you've had a real heaviness, real heaviness that's been overbearing, and you're supposed to be this great Christian, so sometimes you put on an act. Oh, I'm getting real now. 
Sometimes you put on an act to appear as if you got all this joy, and then you get home and you're like, oh, you know the real situation. They don't. Maybe you put on such a good act that others haven't caught it yet. Maybe a few have. But God wants you to have the actual hope. He wants you to have the actual peace. He wants you to be operating the optimal version of you, which is, by the way, available right now. But you got to step into it. Forget this world. Listen, we're in it, but we're not of it. Whatever happens with the dollar, I talk about all these things a lot. Listen, I want us to be an informed group. But at the end of the day, though, that's not my identity. That's why I'm able to step in and step out and still have joy. You better believe that after all, I'll do the most heavy, hard, hardcore podcast, and then I'll get right up and go to dinner and have a great night. Why? Because I'm able to separate myself from the sin of this world and the evil of this world because I know who I am in Christ. And it's taken me a long time to know that. If I would have known that in my teen years, I would have been a much better person back then. I would have accomplished a lot more. Thank God he spared my life when he did in my 20s. But I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't have the hope that I have now until probably only 10 years ago, halfway through my walk, because I didn't understand. I didn't, I didn't get the whole thing. I didn't understand that I was a citizen of heaven, that my identity wasn't found in the things of this world, that my identity wasn't found in the things that people said about me. My identity is found in Jesus Christ. Once I understood that, it was the biggest revelation of my life. No longer the bad things that my father said about me meant anything anymore. I knew those weren't of God. I knew those words. I, those, I cast those words down. See of forgetfulness. Goodbye. Goodbye, bad words. Goodbye, bad things that were said over me. Why am I sharing this? Because that's the same that's available to you. There have been people that have said things about you, to you, over you, and those words have stuck, and that has robbed you of walking in the hope that God has for you today. Today. Oh, you're fat. Oh, you're skinny. Oh, you're short. Oh, you're stupid. Oh, you're ugly. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Those words are not from God. Cast them down. The enemy uses these things to rob and steal from the joy and the peace and the hope. Our hope is not found in the things of this world. Our hope is found in the creator of this world. Because he's about to take us into a whole other area of our life that we will never even understand in this, in this human finite mind of ours. Imagine ruling and reigning for all eternity in a place where there is no sorrow, there is no pain, there is no evil bad things that are happening. It's all the good because God is good. That's where we're headed, friends. And see, the preachers that are teaching about the things in this world as being the hope, sure, there are good things that happen in this world. Sure, there are victories. Sure, there are promises. Yes, there are some really amazing things that happen. But at the end of the day, that's not where we find our identity, and that's not where we find our hope. Good things can happen. I have a good relationship with my wife. We had a great anniversary the other day. We went out to dinner. I had a great night. It was a good night. But it's not where my hope lies. Although I love my wife, I love my marriage, I love everything that God has done, the good things in my life, that's not my hope. It's a great thing. But my hope is in Jesus. When the storms of life come, when the accusations come, when the lies from the pit of hell come, when somebody tries to turn against you or there's something bad that happens and you're like, what in the world is going on? That's when we, we know that, look, even though these things are happening, this is not my situation. This is a demonic attack against me. This is spiritual warfare. But the weapons of my warfare are not carnal. They're mighty in the spirit of God for the pulling down of strongholds. 
ah, that's right. I know how to fight. I know where my hope is. See, it's all about our identity. I know where my hope is. My hope isn't in this world. My hope isn't in man. My hope isn't in anything of flesh. My hope is founded on the solid rock. When our hope is founded on the solid rock, when we understand that the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last created us, and we are literally serving that being, the, 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 the creator of all things, that we can understand that we're just passing through in this world, and I don't care what happens in this world. It's the worst of the worst things. It can't take away our hope because our hope is found in Jesus Christ. When your hope is founded on that solid foundation of Christ, the solid rock, all other ground is sinking sand. You will not be depressed because depression is a lie. It's, it's literally an illusion. These, all these things are illusions of this world to seem so big and seem so powerful, seem like they can take you out. They can't take you out. They can't take you down. They don't have that authority. The one who sits upon the throne, the creator of all things, heaven and earth, all authority in heaven and earth, all authority has been given unto him, the creator. And we are his. He is ours. He's our savior. He's our Lord. He's our hope. And so we rest in the hope of the future. We rest in the hope of who we are. We rest in the hope of the name above all names. How great is our God? We sing that song. Why do we sing that song? Why do we sing how great is our God? Because he is the God of, that, of our life. He is so great. He is so worthy. He is so holy. The things that we're looking at in this world, they're molehills. It's nothing. It's but a vapor to the Lord. These things that seem so big. Right now, you're in a financial challenge. You're like, how am I going to pay the bills? Do you think that God doesn't know that? He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's never lacking. He's never out of resource. You start calling upon his name and you rest in the hope of who he is and what he said over you in your life. He's made you fearfully and wonderfully for a time as this. He's given you a promise of yes and amen, hope in a future. What he's done for the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, he'll do for you. You start declaring and decreeing the word of God and break the assignment of hell over you. Don't operate in a poverty spirit. Start talking and speaking words of life over your situation. I'm a child of the most high God. And I'm going to pay these bills. There's going to be providence, divine providence that comes my way. He's going to provide according to his riches and glory. Now, it doesn't mean we just sit back and do nothing. We have to be a people of action. Faith without works is dead. If you don't work, you don't eat. We've got to do our part. But we know who God is. And we know who that spirit of the Lord that lives within inside of us is. And we understand the authority that comes along with that. That's our hope. I'm so tired of seeing Christians beat down. I'm so tired of seeing Christians weary. I'm so tired. Of, you know why they feel that way and why some of you may feel that way is because you haven't had the aha moment yet. Maybe no one's told you. It's not your fault. Maybe no one's told you who it is that you actually serve as a Christian. I mean, we're talking about this being that is all-powerful, almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent. I mean, there, he's outside of time. Nothing that's a challenge in our life is even comparable to the God that we serve. That's, the, that's our Abba, that's our Father, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, Shalom. Come on, man, come on, step out of the stupor. Somebody on here today, listen, there's a reason why you're listening to this broadcast. Step out of the stupor. You've been stuck, get unstuck. You don't need a motivational preacher, you need the, the encounter with the living God and His Holy Spirit. I'm tired of the, the beat down saints. Don't be beat down. You, you serve the God of heaven and earth. You're on the winning team. We got to act like it. 
you know what? It, it, it's time for us to realize we're just passing through. Nothing in this world is going to satisfy us. How do I know? Listen, I've had some of the delicacies of this world. And I will tell you, it's, it's unsatisfactory. It's only temporal. That's why I became an on-fire believer. And I'm going to tell you, those, the, the things that the world's peddling as success, we just had this Taylor Swift conf, uh, concert here in Nashville. And it was like 100,000 people went. I'm thinking, what a waste. Some people spend 500 bucks on tickets. Some people spend more. I'm thinking this is where 100,000 people in a time where people are complaining that their, uh, their money is tight and you know consumers aren't buying as much and we're seeing an economic downturn, inflation, all this. And meanwhile, all these people, 100,000 people have the money to go to Taylor Swift, but I bet you most of those people don't tithe. And then they wonder why they're not blessed in their life, why they're hopeless. Well, if that's where you're putting your hope, but look, I'm not saying you can't have uh, musicians that you like and things like that. I'm not trying to say that, you know, I'm just saying, our priorities are messed up. Our priorities are messed up as the American people. I mean, look at the things that we made idols. Just ridiculous sin, wickedness, evil. These things are idolatry, idol worship. And then we wonder why there's hopelessness, depression, because we've taken God out of everything. And so it's up to the people of God, you and me. The free gift of salvation is what's going to get the drug addict the, the, the person that's addicted to opioids, fentanyl, mollies, you know, the real stuff that people don't talk about in the church, those that are addicted, they're on their way to hell, methamphetamine. What is going to solve the problems of this country? It's when the church wakes up and we realize the hope that we have. We can't be a depressed church. We can't be a beat down church. We can't be a weary church. We got to be an on fire church. For us to be an on fire church, we got to have an encounter ourselves every day. We got to wake up and encounter God. We got to be so excited about who he is in our life because he's moving on our behalf. If you were once at that point in your life and now you're not, God is giving you an opportunity to get back to that. Get back to being on fire for him. Remember, he is the hope. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it today. He is the void filler. He is the ultimate void filler. He's the hope. He gives you the joy. He gives you the peace. He gives you the rest. Listen, going and getting drunk, that's only going to be a temporary thing. You're going to feel like garbage in the morning. But getting saved, set free, healed, and delivered, you will never be the same, ever. That's who God is. He's real. I hope that you got something out of this today. He is our hope. Jesus is our hope, and he's available to you. He loves you so, so much. Accept him today. Live for him today. Be a prodigal. Return to him. He's a good, good father. You can find more information at pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. We love you, and we'll see you again next week. God bless. God bless.